episode five is involuntarily sponsored by Methone's reclaimed waste gifts for the people in your life who deserve it. Monsoon Jackson, series one, episode five, transfer. Monsoon ran into the warren of corridors that made up the snaking tendrils of the maintenance sector. It was generally believed this sprawl was due to organic growth of demand rather than, as was the case, maintenance teams wanting it to be impossible for the common human to find them. They would fit the right parts in their own sweet time. The wailing swirl of the security drones began to fade. It was just as well. The mech arm without battery was like carrying a dead weight around. But it wouldn't be long. The solar force would have schematics of this sector. They would follow a logical search pattern. He would soon be discovered. Monsoon had been involved in enough searches to understand the algorithm. The route he was taking should, and should was the best he could aim for, take him deep into the sector towards the rarely visited core repair area. The CRA was a dirty mass of broken, oily-worn parts. They would be reconditioned and recycled, eventually, when the pile became intrusive. In fact, the only positive with the CRA was that it was too crowded for the large, heavily armed security drones to find a way in, Monsoon hoped. The tangle of pipes, wiring and forgotten metal meant the expendable and cheaper human resource would be called upon. That would give Monsoon time. Not much, but hopefully enough. He moved as quickly as his fading strength would allow him. The damage and repair to his arm had taken more out of him than he could afford to admit. Monsoon kept to the shadows and moved in a random pattern. Slowly, he moved closer to the CRA. It took nearly an hour before Monsoon finally spotted a working access point. He smiled and noted some wit had painted a P on the end of the sign. All this progress and colonisation, but you couldn't take the child out of the man. Monsoon pulled at the stiff door handle. The CRA was not, after all, regularly visited. With some effort and an unpleasant grinding sound, the door opened. In the corridor behind him, he heard the sounds of the security drones. They were a damn sight quicker than he remembered them. The door to the CRA closed just as a security drone scanned the area. Monsoon slid back into the massive pipes inside the room. For a moment, nothing happened. Monsoon waited for the security drone to move on. Then it noticed the freshly moved handle. It scanned for fingerprints. Then it let out a series of sirens and its main search beam came on. The door was flooded in a hundred thousand lumens of light, enough to blind, sometimes permanently, the suspect. Monsoon muttered to himself, When did they get so good at being the police? There was no point in hiding any more. The alerts would be sending the solar force directly to this door. Monsoon struggled up and moved deeper into the CRA. He needed sleep. He needed food. He needed Elijah. But they were all in the distance for now. For the first time in a long time, Monsoon felt doubt. His conviction always kept him going. That's what he did. What he had to do to get results. 
it would always be justifiable, even if only in retrospect, in finding the right angle of subjectivity. But he wasn't prepared for this life, not that of a wanted murderer. Of course, he and Elijah discussed the possibility. The job of space detective was not risk-free. The potential to be framed or betrayed was assumed with every client that came through the door. It was somewhat ironic then that all of this was due to Monsoon's actions and his actions alone. It was only now that the obvious struck him. How come the Solar Force hadn't found Lisa Tor's destroyed proxy droid? The explosion couldn't have removed all evidence, could it? Surely by now the forensics team would have noticed the lack of, well, human parts. No blood, bones, organs, flesh. Not even a hint of the real Lisa Tors in the room. As he continued to move through the CRA, Monsoon played back his situation. That was until the most obvious of all stood up and waved at him. Of course, how stupid could he have been? That darkened trader had fed him the bait, wound him up like a cheap toy and pointed him toward Tors Towers. The mere mention of her name would have been enough. Absent-mindedly, Monsoon punched himself in the face. It was a rare punishment and one he reserved for his most stupid acts. He made a mental note to check this behaviour as soon as the mech arm was recharged. He wasn't trying to kill himself. Not yet. Monsoon sighed a deep, world-weary sigh. So Lisa Tors was after the shipment as well. She'd wanted him to close down the Aprina portal and deal with the Felian traders first. His showdown with her should have been last on the to-do list. But Monsoon had shown his hand, making her the priority. And even that hadn't come as a surprise to her. She was ready. She was always ready. Monsoon reached the CRA's inner sanctum. A few engineers were repairing objects and making a point of ignoring him. They were trained to ignore. At least until the call-out credits had been paid. Up front, no refunds. Monsoon slid down next to an unused workbench and plugged his mech arm in. A small icon lit up in the arm. Charge time, 38 minutes. As he sat there, sleep finally overcame him. He tried to fight his closing eyes, but they had made their choice. Monsoon woke up with a start. This couldn't happen again. His luck would not hold. He looked down. His mech arm was loudly beeping to advise it was fully charged. Even after all these years, beeps were considered necessary to get humans to understand the obvious. Even after all these years, they were. Monsoon unplugged the fully charged mech arm. It really only struck him now. He had a fully robotic arm. He smiled at the thought of what his father would have said. He would have hated it. He was so old-fashioned. His disgust at the use of mechanics only being revealed as hypocrisy when he needed a pacemaker because apparently his own mortality outweighed his value system. Like a racist not being bothered about the ethnicity of their rescuer when they're drowning. Of course, as soon as the operation had become public knowledge, his father had closed his anti-prosthetic website. The comment section had filled with people gleefully pointing out his contradictions. It was one less unnecessary website gone, hardly noticed in the ocean of hatred, fear-mongering and lying that could so easily be found in human company, and much worse. Believed by those who so desperately needed others to tell them what to think. One of the engineers walked over and offered Monsoon a cup of something hot. He was too thirsty to care and drank the liquid down. 
was very nearly something that could, if you stretched the definition, be called coffee. Monsoon was aware his dirty clothing and demeanour was arousing sympathy, but for now, it was useful. With grunted gratitude, he snatched the pie from the engineer's other hand and ate like a savage. The new sources of energy coursed through his body. He stretched himself out. The engineer leant down next to him. The solar force arrived a while ago, but we sent them in the other direction. Pretty sure they'll be back, though. Monsoon looked up at the engineer's face, but said nothing. The engineer spoke again. You don't remember my face, do you? That's fine. I'm Carla. You rescued my wife from a drug addict. He was robbing us. You were in the solar force then, but I never forgot your face. You shot him dead. You saved my wife from harm. Monsoon checked his face. The moleskin was still working. But then how... Don't worry. I know who you are under that. Who else could outwit the solar force for this long? You have a reputation among the good as well as the bad, Monsoon. Guilt pumped around Monsoon's barely awake face. He genuinely didn't remember this event. And yet, the woman in front of him recognised him, even in disguise. In Monsoon's defence, he'd shot so many drug addicts over the years, they'd all blurred into one. It wasn't that Monsoon was trigger-happy. More often, the drug addict was about to do something terrible, and he was duty-bound to stop them. The training around talking down such volatile situations had seemed logical. The stages appeared prudent. The steps a clear path to conflict resolution. That was until Monsoon had attended a badly judged bank robbery. He had barely started the standard opening negotiating speech before the drug addict stabbed a young girl in the face. The robber wanted to make a point. He wasn't for negotiating. Just the money and escape. That suited Monsoon just fine, who shot the surprised robber in the face seconds later. The kill was judged reasonable. Innocents were at immediate risk of harm, but it changed Monsoon forever. The image of the girl being stabbed haunted him even now. She'd lost an eye because he had used words when actions were required. Of course, he hadn't gone all Wild West either. He was capable of dialogue. Just, it seemed, it was better to have a shooting reputation. People were generally more forthcoming with information when being shot was very much a possibility. Unfortunately, that reputation was working against him now, and Lisa Tors knew it would. He'd shot a business leader, destroyed security drones and run away. Monsoon snapped himself back to reality. Engineer Carla was helping him up and pointing towards an exit door. Monsoon could feel the urge to hug her and moved off before Engineer Carla felt overwhelmed. He did, though, allow her to shake Monsoon firmly by his mech arm. Only then did Monsoon notice she had a similar arm. Only then did he remember her. He had pulled his once all-human arm back after the hostage situation. He hadn't meant to. He knew it was safe to shake hands. It just went against instinct. That nagging fear your fingers would be crushed. Now Monsoon looked down at his mech arm and wondered what Elijah would make of it. Of course, Elijah would be wonderful about it. But would he flinch, even a little, when they embraced? Monsoon knew better. It never changed. Learning to be tolerant came faster when you were one of the tolerated. Like that hollow poster Elijah insisted on keeping from some old earth singer. The price we pay for being ourselves is worth it. Monsoon returned Engineer Carla's firm handshake, as if trying to make up for that event so long ago. 
Go forward. That's where you need to be. Monsoon looked puzzled at this cryptic message. What did she know of this struggle with Lisa Tors? There was no time. Monsoon had to keep moving. The exit door led him into a narrow corridor. On the other side, Engineer Carla closed the door and slid some metal sheets in front of it. In the darkness of the inner sanctum, that was good enough to make it blend into the wall. Monsoon allowed his eyes to adjust. This room was filled with repaired objects. It was a treasure trove for those who favoured DIY over having an actual life. Still, it was probably worth taking a look. Arrogance was always a shortcut to death. Monsoon found a spare battery for his mech arm and a rather natty body sack that wrapped around the waist. There was a torch, a metal pole, a series of useful tools. It reminded Monsoon of an academic book he had read once. Second hand from a shop, of course. Buying new was for the wealthy, its interplanetary postal charges were outrageous. The book provided information on controlling imaginary characters using dice. They could pick up items, but only so much as they could carry. Some had strength, some skill, some wisdom. He had lost interest when he read a companion book about giant eagles. What was the point in making an effort if they could just turn up and save the day? Even so, the experience was presumed to have been used as a cognitive intelligence test. There was even a starter practice book Elijah had bought him for a birthday. He had never read it. The idea of a warlock in a firetop mountain just didn't make sense to Monsoon. What was a warlock, and why would they live inside a mountain on fire? Crazy as colonisation could seem some days, no one had ever suggested living inside something on fire. What test could that be used for? Clearly, just living on Earth had not been enough to be thankful for. Monsoon filled his body sack with a few more useful items and then walked on. It was a short journey to the next junction. The corridor went left, right, or he could step through the door ahead. Monsoon smiled as he thought about dice rolling and deciding his fate. He chose the door, pulled on the handle and carefully stepped through. The room he entered was empty, except for the crackling fuzz of a poorly maintained portal. Of course, the Aprina portal. Where else would he have been sent? He turned round to the door and tested the handle. It was deadlocked. Of course it was. Was this Lisa Tors doing? If so, he assumed she'd now appear in a dramatic fashion to reveal her plan, then shoot him dead. She was not one for complicated when straightforward worked. Time passed and Monsoon grew bored. No one was coming for him. At least, not for the moment. Monsoon walked closer to the portal, but not too close. How this portal was still operational was beyond him. Badly maintained portals were lethal. Everyone knew that. The advantage, though, was sometimes they would be decommissioned and forgotten about. The expense of repair outweighing the profit made from import and export transit taxes. After a while, traders would then reactivate them to be used for moving goods around. Tax-free. It was then a game of judgement. How stable was the portal? And how far were you prepared to push your luck before the degradation of the transit beams reached out and pulled you apart? Monsoon tried to get his bearings. He had to be close to the business district. That would make sense. 
but there was no record of a functional portal in that area. Perhaps someone, someone with money and influence had it moved. It would, of course, be well hidden. Impossible to find unless you knew where to look. Most likely somewhere in the Torch Tower's many basement levels. Monsoon moved a little closer. There was clothing. Clothing favoured by the Felian traders. It was torn. No, not torn. Shredded. And covered in dried blood. It would seem the Aprina portal was at the limits of operation. But that was hardly a clue. He was already aware that the Felians were using the Aprina portal. So what then? Why drive him towards this room? He froze. His eyes focused on a single item, a small bag. A few scented candles had spilled out and melted in the haze of the portal beams. Elijah, his favourite scents. Monsoon looked around the room. There were no other traces of Elijah. No clothing or, thankfully, body parts. Anger grew in Monsoon's eyes. Surely they hadn't transported him through a commercial portal. Even as a hostage, that would have been too dangerous. But what if? What if? It wasn't for transport. It wasn't for a hostage. Monsoon stepped up to the barely functioning control panel to check the transit log. The logs had been wiped clean. Monsoon slammed his arm onto the panel, his mech arm. The slam smashed the panel into its final state. The beams swirling around the portal began to fork out like lightning. Should he walk through the portal? Would that take him to Elijah? No, that was stupid. It would kill him. Even if he made the transport, he would arrive the other end as Pate. Monsoon slid his fingers across the mech arm's control panel. He fired an EMP pulse at the portal. Then he ran. He ran as fast as his tired and hungry frame would carry him. The portal stalled for a moment, then the swirl expanded. It sounded like a thousand voices crying out in pain. This was not, after all, a recommended way to shut down a portal. You should always call a registered engineer. The portal creaked and groaned until the shell ripped itself apart. It collapsed in upon itself with a loud scream from the depths of hell that made the entire room shake. It also flung Monsoon up hard against the room's wall. Instinctively, Monsoon punched a hole into the wall and clamped his mech arm inside. Then he hung on with his other hand. This had not been one of his better snap decisions. The onrushing angry air pulled loose items from the room into the collapsing void. Monsoon's legs began to lift from the ground. He could feel the pull on his mech arm and his legs. Whatever he had clamped onto suddenly didn't feel as secure. The roaring winds increased as the main infrastructure of the portal gave way. Monsoon was now one clamped robotic arm away from his funeral. His head was pulled back as the implosion reached its zenith. His jacket slapped and beat his body, as if punishing him for doing something so reckless. Mary Jane strained in her holster. Then there was a boom. Then silence. Monsoon crashed to the floor, behind him a twisted mass of metals. The Aprina portal was permanently decommissioned. Monsoon lay on the floor, catching his breath. Even for him, that was a stupid thing to have done. He wasn't that reckless. But it wasn't that. It was emotion. They had taken Elijah. Elijah didn't understand this world he lived in. Elijah wouldn't be able to cope with interrogation. But it was more than that. More than worry. More than anger. It was fear. What could they tell Elijah? Elijah. 
how soon until he began to doubt, started to believe them, pieced the fragments he knew together with this new information, slowly clawing his way towards the real monsoon. Not the lover, not the friend, not the companion, but the real monsoon. The hunter, the betrayer, the murderer, the do-whatever-it-takes, the real price behind being. Monsoon Jackson, Space Detective. You have been listening to Monsoon Jackson, created and written by Andy Case for Leet Motif Productions Limited. The narrator, Monsoon Jackson, was voiced by Cameron K. McEwen. Other characters were voiced by Michelle Duncan and Cameron K. McEwen. The adverts were voiced by Heather Dent Cowan. The story, all names, characters and incidents portrayed in this production are fictitious. Copyright 2018.